This episode is brought to you by the DGEN Community Network, media for the decentralized generation. If you want to connect or to check out more great NFT and crypto content, go to dgen.network. That's dgen.network. Welcome back to another episode of the Unrecruited Podcast. You got Vance, Chris, and Jason here. And before we get started with today's podcast, we got some fun breaking news. The three of us decided to put our heads together and we joined the DGEN Network with a couple of their other NFT podcasts. And we're excited about the move and uh, looking forward to creating some content with these guys. And uh, if you don't know who they are, check them out, dgen.network and uh, check out some of their podcasts, follow them and listen, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. So now it's been a couple of weeks, but there was a Zed update while we were away, uh, and we wanted to call it Flames and Fatigue, but they just changed Fatigue to Stamina. So now we got Flames and Stamina. Um, and, and so over these last couple of weeks, they finally made it so that it's one race at a time per horse, and hence the the fatigue or the stamina and odds have gone away and so now the top three horses in each race that are best odds to place now get a flame and so it's kind of thrown the whole zed metaverse upside down uh, and everybody's still trying to figure it out how to race horses how to value horses uh and, and what makes a horse in today's world and that is today's world, but it's going to continue to change. So, Vance, I think you got the most experience so far racing with the flames and the stamina. What's kind of been your strategy with uh, with the new changes? Um, so I've been trying to tinker around a little bit, and I think the the main the main complaint uh, when this first kicked off was fatigue was such an unknown. No one had any no one had any insight into it. No one had any data on it. Um, and you really couldn't race enough because, um, well, really there wasn't enough cheap races. I mean, when I logged in, there wasn't enough cheap races available and you're only able to get into one race at a time. So it was, it was really tough to gather enough data. And on a other note, like your horses were degrading so fast with, uh, the, the fatigue, depending on, you know, depending on your horse and how impacted it was, you just couldn't collect enough information fast enough to kind of know you know, know the overall impact. Um, but I'd say, so for the time being, my strategy was just to basically race three times a day um, and see kind of what happens. I, I increased with my good horses that I already knew based on, you know, prior odds and things, you know, I was just putting them in three races a day, high dollar, you know, well, high dollar, like 15 to $25 um, races in the class they were in and just, and just rolling with it and just kind of seeing what happened. Fields were obviously, I mean, fields were a little bit worse. I mean, I think more and more horses were entering. I mean, I think they just released something that, you know, they just, just to show that unique stables were entering, you know, way more, way more horses than before. And, and maybe that's the desired, and that's a good desire. You know, that was the desired effect. And I think they're seeing a little bit of that going right. on right now, which I think will even get better as we go, as we move forward. I mean, it'll even improve more as we go forward, especially with this new update, which I think makes racing a little bit a little bit better with, you know, it, I think they said 99% of the horses fatigue won't impact them until uh, races five through eight. So like you could race five to eight times without even, without, an, without seeing fatigue. 
but then, but then also after that, like it was at 30%, you weren't able to, so at 30% stamina or 30% fatigue left you, once you crossed that threshold, you weren't able to, to reduce your, um, your class. class. So you weren't getting any negative points, but now with that new, with the new change coming, I don't know if the, up, I think the updates to come, I don't know that it actually is live yet. But when that new, when that next update comes in, you know, once you can race five to eight times without being impacted by fatigue or stamina, um, it's 70% now. So when you're below 70%, you can't down, down class. Yeah. And I think that's nice because it, it allows you a little bit of a base foundation during that 24 hour window. And they're also talking about making that well, a 12, 12 hour window. Yeah. 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 And, and so it allows you to at least have a, a, a little bit of a punch and then take a break and then rinse and repeat for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, you know, from my side, like it's, it's really nice because you don't, I mean, I never sat, I never sat there all day racing anyways. Like it was like maybe like an hour or two endeavor, right? 30 minutes. Sure. So like, it's nice that you can pop in now and maybe you're going to play just like any other video game or something. You can pop in say, I'm going to play for an hour. You can enter your five races, right. In, in that hour period, because they, they fill up quick and then they, they go off in five minutes. So even if you had 10 horses that, you know, were raceable, you could get all that accomplished in that little hour time frame. Like you just sat down to play a game and you, you did your playing and then you just rinse and repeat the next day. Um, and your stable can still be relatively profitable because you're still getting those eight, you know, you're still getting eight to 10 races in a day yeah. per, per, per decent horse, which is much better. And, and the one thing that you, you kind of hit it on earlier, and I, I really think it's true is that the fields have been weaker. Uh, you know, some of my horses, that in the, you know, the heyday of, of odds and, and being crazy, uh, where you can only race a few times a day just because of the cues, my horses, some of my horses couldn't get out of class five or they were into class four and then they would come back down into class five. Now those legendary buttes that I have are on the verge of, of class two because I'm sitting here running flames races knowing that the distances that my horses are good at, I'm going to get flames and they keep crushing. And so it's like, it, it makes me wonder kind of, how how this works and it's not like i have these you know crazy good horses yeah they have a 12 percent win percentage but they're not you know they get spooked and crushed by all the good horses so it's like i'd love for those things to to go down but i don't want to sit here and have to play the tank game and you know run off distances and all that kind of stuff so i'll be curious to see if the fields get stronger as more data gets out and people kind of have a, a little bit more of a foundation and being able to race I mean, I think, I think people will narrow down kind of what, you know, as you race more, you definitely, I mean, it's just going to take a little longer to narrow down, like what horses are, what horses are good and what horses aren't and who should yep. be racing and who shouldn't. But, you know, it also does something kind of weird to the, and I know I'm not weird, but I, when we were looking at, um, you know, I think one of the main strategies was Griff and flip. Right. And I don't think that's a great strategy anymore. I mean, it might still work, but a flame is definitely not as meaningful as seeing all the odds from all the horses and then seeing how they seeing how those odds move as the horse as the horses in your griff um continue to race and then leaving your horse one race and selling it for you know large sums because you, you just can't you can't get enough of a read off of a griff anymore you can't even really get enough read off of like 10 20 races anymore to really be willing to you know spend like we incorrectly spent on robitussin like we would never buy robitussin based on one flame in a griffin you know and and maybe that would have saved it would have saved us it would have saved us a lot of money yeah <laughs> but but, but nonetheless, nonetheless that isn't going to happen anymore so so i really think what you're going to look at is like a lot of internal breeding 
um, a lot of a lot of testing different different things um, with, with breeding and, and in, more instable breeding. And I guess the same thing and, and with the new increases to um, the, the breeding rates, you're also not able to, I guess, be as uh, you're not able to, you know, breed buterin to knock into knocks as cheaply. So you're not going to have a lot of, you're not going to sell them going for on. that price. Yeah. That's you just can't sell them for the breed price. So if you do it, it's going to be to race it and hope you probably can't even make up much of the, of that breeding fee anyway. So there's going to be a lot more of like tinkering, holding horses for longer periods of time in the stables that bred them. And then also people, it, big stables will still breed and sell unraced. I would imagine is going to be kind of the, how yeah. that goes. I mean, if you have, and I think, hundred that market changed. Like yeah. For and, sure. and I, yeah. And I think like, you know, to sell, like there was some, some data that came out and it's constantly changing, but the, when, when the breeding prices changed, the first, you know, best bang for your buck and flipping was a legendary butte because it was butte butte. But now I feel like every buterin Genesis that's in the stud farm isn't even getting hit. So it's like, what are people hitting? Because every single one's like three of three, three of three at the minimum price. So there's I, I, I don't just, know if there's a purpose breed, to go beyond that. Breeding just slowed to like a, I mean, it, yeah. it's slowed to a, a halt, I think. I mean, I, I have, un, like, I have horses that are breedable, uh, breedable mares and that, that I haven't done yet, just because I don't, you know, I have, I have my own strategy. I think I'm, and I'm sticking to my own, like, if, if you see some, I mean, no one's breeding with my, but Reckless Forever, who does have, you know, a pretty high in my in my summit NFT stable has, it gets, when it gets posted for, for stud, it's a buterin, it gets, people breed with it. I feel like it, it's pretty much three, it gets all three uh, covers um, pretty much every time, but it is. A, am I, I, think am I the only one slamming breeding? Uh, I, you know, I, no, because like, I only have a few that I haven't done. It's, it's really just because I'm waiting for one of my um, finnies to be uh, up as, as the stud. So yeah. that, that's all I'm really waiting for. So, yeah, I got a, I got a few that I'm still waiting to hit. Um, but I, I did do some over this past week. Uh, and it's a whole different strategy now, like you were saying, Vance, to, to run these horses with only flames and not having odds, because it really takes a lot more detail to understand your horse. Now it's not just looking at flames, but now you, you have to rely more on, and MJ informatics or know your horses with speed and, and all that kind of stuff to really, really understand your horse. And before, you know, the, the theory was maybe run it two to three times at a distance and you'll find out what it is. Now, I don't even know if you'll know what your horse is after running it 50 times. Like it, it's going to take more. I, I honestly, in this, you know, I'll, I'll send this out there into the, into the metaverse. Um, and I know I've put it on Twitter before too. And so, you know, I think most people kind of feel the same way. If you find a flame and you come in 12th in a race early on, I think that's a pretty telltale sign that you, you have a pretty, you have a decent horse. Um, yeah. uh, I, I just think, and, and if that happens several times, like I think if several times in like your first 20, um, I think you're looking at, you're looking at a pretty decent horse, especially if the field, I mean, we all have, we've all raced enough. We have an idea of who's in the fields and stuff. And I, and I'm pretty sure nothing's changed. Like, you know, from, the horse perspective except for stamina but you got to assume that you know most of these horses are running 100 plus yeah around 100 or plus at least plus 70 and you can check to see how many races they've run 
but you can kind of get an idea of kind of what you're what you're looking at based based on that. And then also obviously a flame and a win is is good too. So if you have if you have horses that get flames and win and come in 12th, I mean you might be on your way to a you know a U-shaped horse. I know a lot of the ones that a lot of the ones that we looked at, I mean, granted, these are, you know, the other one are the distance specialists that are just going to be a little bit harder to find because those horses that, you know, have those distances that they, they those horses like Princess of Power is like hundred percent flame across its special, you know, it's, it's longer distances. Right. So it's not yeah. running any, I mean, it is basically just doesn't straight, it's straight flames in those races and then doesn't flame in the short, in the shorter races. Um, and that's, I mean, obviously that's easy to see once you run that, once you have that much data, like, Hey, this is probably, uh, in that, and that horse overall, because of the way it's, because arbitrage runs it, how it's supposed to be run. Um, it, it's only about 50 to 60% flame just because of how he, how he ping pongs it back and forth between those distances to, to be successful There's a whole new strategy and, 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 and generate that you, but that's going to be harder to find. I mean, that's going to be, yeah. it's just take, you know, that, that horse just, has run a lot so it has a lot of data um yeah i mean that's the advantage that we have with the older horses right is that we yeah. know odds and we know a little bit more whereas now yeah. if you're breeding horses you you really have to pay attention and kind of run with it and and you know it might be worthwhile to throw your new horses in with your old horses to see how the flames compare uh and i know i sent you guys a message the other day but i feel like i've seen a lot more of the three horses with the flames coming in first second and third than I have historically with the top three horses odds wise coming first, second, and third in that order. So um, yeah. that's interesting, but you know, I, I think that's the, the way that the game is intended to work. Yeah. Well, because usually, I mean, if you, like I used to look at it, like one of the top three horses and odds was going to come in last. Yep. Like that was pretty much a given. So you weren't going to get that in odds. It was hard to come by that one, two, three um, odds wise. Cause that really just didn't happen because you know, odds was odds was odds to win, and a lot of the horses that had good odds to win were U-shaped horses, and it didn't really matter the distance. Like they they were just wide standard deviation um, racers at even their even their top distances, so that they could run a very slow time and a very fast time. Um, isn't so that, isn't that the difference we're looking at right now? Is that we're seeing right. flames as odds to place, not odds to win. So there's a right. lot of you might get right. flames if you have the horse that comes in second and third a lot, whereas before that yes. horse might not have had the best odds. Right. Like there, I look back at some races with horses that were getting like, you know, their mid 20 odds or 45 odds. I mean, those are the ones like those, you know, those magnet horses that they're, they still flame because well, that's like frozen in time, right? The horse that we bred with wasted time uh, and with odds, it had a couple low single digit odds and then it had some forties at the, and it's a 2,400 distance specialist. But when you look at its odds or the flame percentage in the races that it had, and I think it's only got 15 or so races, it's at 75% flame, but in reality, it's only good at one distance. So it's, it's one of those things that's a little weird where it gets spooked and it might not win, but it seems to be a pretty good horse overall. Yeah. But it's going to place. Like I had a horse that has a zero win rate through like almost 40 races. I just kept trying to get it a win because when odds were there, it was like, it would be like a 12 to 15 odds. I'm like, it's got to get, just pop a win at some point. And now that flames are on, it's got like 30% flames, which fits with the profile because it had a bunch of seconds, a bunch of thirds. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's why you just, you just can't buy off of, off of flames. You, you have to right. read a little deeper into that because you're so going to have a horse that'll class to, up. 
I brought this up a little bit earlier, right before we started, but to your point about looking at a horse that has claims and buying and selling, because obviously this is changing the whole like buying and selling market too on the resale. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no, there's not much of a market right now. So I had a guy hit me up. Hey, ask me about this horse. I just bred it. It's a legendary beauty. It's, it's Hey, Philae. So, you know, they're like, Hey, Philae, baby, yep. I got your money. So, you know, good name, right? So that's probably why he wanted it, but it did have a flame in the Debat- debatable. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, I don't know that you want to put it up for a debate, put it up for a debate. I think it might get a quality, uh, quality odds, yeah. but, um, 12, a flame in the griff place 12. So I know Vance likes that like in a 1600 that. and then flame finished second flame in 2200 finished second, no flame in the 2600 finished second. Um, so I, you know, he, he just hit me up and I, we made a deal. I mean, I sold it for 0.125. It's uh, I mean, it's a veteran legendary. So it's like, okay, well, all right. Not a bad not, price. I'm not going to be sitting there racing it. So I don't know. It's hard to say, cause that could be like a stud or it could just be, it could be a dud. Well, like we've also said before, how many races is it going to take for that horse to recoup even that 0.125 cost, right? It's going to be a bit. Like you got to have pretty sizable ROI to to turn that around, especially in today's terms when you can't crank out a bunch of races. Well, the hard part is if you it's it's not even you're trying to make the money on racing. It's I think you're trying to really if it is a stud, you really prove it. You get the U shape, and then you can turn around and sell it for an ETH maybe. Yeah, but you just can't. That take a long time. I know. Can't even yeah, it's hard to even prove. <laughs> you could be an ETH yeah. in the hole when it's all said and done. <laughs> right. Right. And still have a shit horse. Yeah, so oh. it, it is interesting. It slowed it down. I've been. I want to sell some horses, and I've bred. I've bred a lot, so I just keep keep kind of pumping them out. So I, he hit me up. I said, "Yeah, sure. You know, I'll, yeah, I'm happy to sell a horse." Um, so I hope it does well for him. And and I was, you know, a little bit, um, I guess not angry, but a little bit negative on some on the changes because of that very fact, like. You didn't have enough information. Like my main buying strategy was looking at things like with 10 races or less, or even trying to guess off of the Griffin, as long as it was reasonably, reasonably priced. And I used to think reasonably priced was like, you know, half an ETH or, or a little bit or an under with, you know, the low, the low Griffin that showed some promise based on competition or had run, you know, five races and showed promise based on competition. And maybe hadn't run certain distances and it looked like it could run those distances more profitably. Um, and now that is, you know, that's gone, but there's another way to make, you know, there's other ways to make guesses with on, on, you know, short, you know, horses that haven't raced very much, but they're not as proven. So the price, but the prices have fallen appropriately. So you're not taking on now. I mean, now you can buy four horses for that amount and and maybe hit on one of them yeah but you're also going to have to be willing to have enough you know behind that you can race enough um like a hundred times <laughs> to find out right and good luck so, trying to find a hundred of the cheap two dollar fifty races because you're never going to fucking get in them and it's a hundred times over the course of how many days is that kind of thing? Now, yeah. Now that's like two weeks. 10, it might take 10 days. I mean, arbitrage yeah. racing was buying, like buying the best odds and paying up. And now it's like, they're, you got to change their whole algorithm into how they're yeah. they buy. Right. 
Yeah, um, and he, he's probably slowing that down because you even on speed like that's so rare you can't tell odds was yeah. way more of a predictor that early on than speed right um, speed speed you need much, so much predictor. speed you need so much more data like because you don't know i mean you just don't know yeah yep. just because it was fast in one race it could have hit its ultimate high in standard deviation right, right at, at yeah that point. and you, you just you just have no clue based on based on speed early, yeah, early. I, mean, I mean if you I was more, uh, I was kind of not happy with some of those changes also. Um, although, like, I, I agree with what you said earlier, Vance, in terms of pay it. You can just pop on, you can pop a few races in, you can see them right away. That part is nice. So I think now that it's settled a little bit, I do like the racing aspect of the, like the game plan, the racing aspect of it is in that you have to, you put your horse in, you, you know, it gets fatigued. It's not, you're not seeing the same horses in the same races. And then, you know, there's the horse when LBJ's in there, it's like, you just you know, can't race because LBJ's taking up all the racing slots. Every, every, uh, you know, just every event in that distance that you want to race in. Yeah. You want to run the 24 and LBJ's sitting there and all three. Yeah. Of them you're just, like, you got to uh, pass, you got to pass and wait <laughs> for later. Right. And then, so, um, you know, or, or if you're waiting for that 2600 class four, like Jason's waiting for, I mean, I guess he's still going to keep waiting because we found out there's never <laughs> been one of those. So that blew my mind. That was like, uh, like a conspiracy theory unveiled with Zed. And then, you know, I think Jay got involved and they got a, you know, a product developer, like all this stuff, but it's, it's true. There's never been a 2600 class four. And so here I am with a bunch of class four racers trying to get a 2600 race and just see odds and couldn't even do it. So. Uh, now it doesn't matter because there's no odds. So uh, I'll just, you know, class up continuing to race my flame races. And then uh, in, in the class three, hopefully I'll, I'll see a 2600 and maybe get a flame. Yeah. I don't mind the, I don't mind the fatigue either. I think, cause then you can like, like I said, there's not as many horses in there than, or that are in there, but it is interesting. Cause if you're I haven't tried to class down too much. I mean, I have a couple horses that will go up and down. So I'm playing it with it a little bit with uh, with Imperial Venus and going down after my first race is going to be the long distance and my next race will be the short distance once I get tired. So, I, I mean, I think it's good. I feel like it's going to be better from a profitability standpoint if you know your horse, but it's kind of, I guess, unfair because we already know those horses from the odds and, and what they really do. Right. Yep. It's a huge advantage. Like somebody new coming into the game right now, they're going to save money on buying horses and, 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 uh, you know, possibly can find a good horse, but they're going to have no clue how to run those horses. It's going to take a long time for them to figure it out. Whereas we paid a little bit more, but we have a lot more knowledge now too. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where this goes. Obviously they still have their other, uh, class structure updates for the, the horses that have never won. And then the horses that have won a small amount of times as a percentage, and then, you know, the, the better horses. So they're going to continue to roll these things out. Um, one thing I liked, but I also didn't like was that they did the live updates, right? They never really took the site down to say, hey, this is what we're doing. They just tried to implement it. There were some hiccups, but I think now it's a little bit smoother. Uh, people kind of understand it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where these next couple of weeks go. Um, but, you know, I think the momentum has stayed. I don't think they've lost users or lost stables and people just saying, fuck it, I'm out because of these changes. So it, it, I think it's keeping keeping the new players around because there's an opportunity for them. It, it definitely does. It definitely did open up, like you said, um, the to the newer stables. But they are going to have 
their learning curve is going to take a little bit longer, I feel like, um, as they come in. But you can still, I mean, the good part too is you can see odds still and flames. So you can look back at some of them. You know, you could look back at Vanilla Bean, Princess of Power, you know, even my, like you can look at Jupiter Spot and kind of see like how all the data is there, you know, on, on Haku or Know Your Horses to see, uh, you know, what horses flame and what their finishes are. And, you know, you can kind of look at some of the, you know, more prominent horses and kind of get a feel for like, hey, it flamed and came in 12th. It, it's flame. It's not flaming and coming in the middle. Um, and then you can look at, you know, you can look at horses that aren't profitable also and see kind of how their patterns shake out. I mean, it's not going to be the end all, but it's, it, it's better than having to race your horse, you know, waiting until your horse races 500 times. Yeah. And you can kind of, you can kind of see how the patterns develop and, and what you should be, you know, what you should be looking for. Um, obviously those, a lot of people are, are trying to put stuff together with that too. So there might be even, you know, tools that, that'll help on that, on that front as well. Um, I'm sure Dan Chan's got something. There's a few out there. I don't, I don't, I don't know all the numbers and all the what all the letters mean, but I, I've seen all the <laughs> all the breeding uh, breeding tools. Um, the blood. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just still trying to breed. I mean, if I have, I feel like if I have breeding, um, you know, yeah. if I have breeding like available, I should just keep hitting it. And it's just, you know, it's hard to have the time to race them all, and I don't yeah. want to it's not even worth it to sell them on race right now though in unless you're just trying to scalp like 0.02 ETH or something like that i guess if you get a philly you get there is a premium those are like it's almost like a double yeah. premium the way i see it in the market I, talking about the resale market on unraised i mean if you're, if it, you're it, there's in, no hurt yeah if you're in stable breeding i mean so when you're if you're looking at like a buterin right in stable even if you just took like the easy like I'm just gonna say 50% off. Mm -hmm. So if you're yeah. at, so you're at like 0.016, right. Or 0.015 ish, right. To, to breathe. Like when 0.018. you take the, yeah, 0.018 would be half, but sorry, I was trying oh. to do the oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right. So like 0.0165 or something like that. Cost um, yeah, to breed. Yeah. Cost to breed interstable. If you actually, if you put them in a different stable and you breed, you know, with yourself, like if you had your own breeding barn, um, or whatever, yeah, racing, racing barn, breeding barn, and breed across stables. Um, you, that's what you'd pay for a butte. And I think if you, if you get a finny, I think the floor on that is probably between like 0.08. So you're getting, I mean, that's a pretty hefty, I mean, granted, you got to pay the, the fees, um, but you're still looking at like 0.07. So you're getting, I mean, you're making, you know, 0.05 ETH on those sales. And then you're, and then Wait, as you, it goes, well, if you had a finny, you're paying more. Than sorry, no, I saw buterin. If you, if you got a filly, um, um, yeah. So if you, if you get a filly, you're at like point. Oh, I see a filly. I thought you said, if you said finny. Oh, I was like, oh, maybe you're going I, to a finny now? Jump to a no, finny. I may, how do I, I, may, the, how do I, I bring two buterins and get a finny? I want to know. I think that happened I'm, before. I may have. I mean, I, I did have the gender changers, but can I get the bloodline changers too? Give me the knock it's a special one. Let me get the um, buterin buterin knock knock baby. <laughs> so you're still looking at like three X. I mean, if you're doing it interstable and you get a if you get a Philly, if you get a Colt, you're probably at like one and a half X. And it goes well, against my whole at. profile of breeding because if I get a Philly, I'm probably not trying to sell a Philly. Yeah. What I was looking at was for my Z2 legendary Phillies. 
the difference in breeding a Z1 versus a Z2 uh, and, and looking at the resale cost, even just for the unraced, or, you know, the, the unnamed, unraced, whatever the UUUs, uh, and a Z3, I could sell for probably 0.5 for a Colt, and it's a little bit more for a Philly, but a Z4 went down to like 0.35 or something like that. And so, but the Z1s to breed right now, like the cheapest Z1 I think you could find is right around 0.3, 0.35. So it's like, do I take a 0.2 profit for doing that? Or do right. I try and do something a little bit different? So it's one of those things like every, every bloodline obviously has a different breeding strategy because of costs and resale value and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm at least intrigued right now that I think the higher, you know, the, the exclusive Knox or exclusive Sabos, they're moving. Like they exist out there and they're moving. It's a little bit harder to turn around an exclusive Butte, but I think people are, are still trying to get those lower Z numbered horses that have, you know, some stronger bloodlines and, and hopefully something comes out of it. Well, I have a little bit of different opinion on like the bloodlines and how they, for the breeding prices, because I'm good with their breeding changes on prices for like the Genesis bases you know, 0.135, 0.099, 0.051, 0 0.036. I think that's pretty fair, like distribution. But then you get to like all of them and you go to legendary and exclusive, it's not enough spread. Like, you know, I told you guys, I said I would most times, I'm just going to go for the Genesis because you're not really paying up a lot more. Um, but like the, the encouragement, I guess, is not for, I think you want to encourage more crossbreeding if you're, if you're Zed. Like if before we were looking at, oh, maybe I'll take my Buterin or my Finney or my Zabo and hit like legendary knock or an exclusive knock. But now it costs too much to do that because, you know, if you're going to do that, you're just going to hit Genesis knock and it's just not like, it's not worth it. It's like a Zabo is 0 .0, 0.099 and a legendary, a legendary Zabo is 0 0.0905 or something. So it's like, even if you have the legendary Zabo, you might as well go get the Genesis as long as they're priced at, you know, priced at minimum. So that all the legendaries and exclusives, I mean, I have some exclusive knock Colts and they're not getting touched and they're un yeah. they're, they're unraced. It's like, those should be getting touched at some point because yeah, my, the minimum is not low enough or com or it shouldn't say low enough. It's not comparable enough to like a Zabo. It's more than a Zabo Genesis. So anybody's no low breeds, bloodlands are going to cross up to that. Yeah, yeah. So you're really discouraging that, but there needs to be more, distribution in each bloodlines pricing yes i i agree no one is ever going to and that's the thing like why would i why would i buy i could never buy a z5 zabo legendary or something right. assuming that a colt assuming that someone's going to breed with it because they won't it's right. just not it's not going to happen because they're just going to pay they're going to pay up i mean maybe as the maybe as the ecosystem grows so much that now Maybe the hope They're, is Genesis are going to be priced up, right? Right. Like as the ecosystem grows so much, people won't be won't slam and floor um, Genesis Zabos. And then, you know, you'll be able to slide, you know, then the, then the legendaries will slide in and take, take the floor. But I do agree there should be, and then it, no, no one's going to hit an exclusive and then right. that'll change as it goes further down. But I do think that that needs to be looked at. Um, it, the spread needs to be larger. Like I, I honestly think, uh, like if you had an exclusive Zabo Colt, it should or or it should be priced at the same level as a 
Genesis Benny or something like that. Like it needs that to might be a little much, maybe, maybe a little but, much, but I, similar. I think they need to, they need to be closer uh, earlier in the, you know, cause when you get all the way down to what is it at the end pace, I don't even go this far as my yeah. thinking. So when you go awesome all the way pacer. down there, yeah, when you go all the way down to pacer, I mean, that's kind of when you hit the same level, right. As, um, as Finney, it gets close. Like if you went with Zabo Finney and that's is not he, a, really, mean, you would get there. You get close. I don't think you get there, but you get, uh, there's no get Zabo pacers in the breed barn right now. Well, I mean, I, I have the map somewhere here. You guys, <laughs> you guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. That's what I yeah. mean. Well, no, no I've seen, I don't anyway. think so. Look, here's a knock. So there is a knock pacer, but look at a knock pacer and it's. How much is it? Any. What's 460? I can't, I don't have any eligible, so I can get there. What's 460 in ETH right now? I mean, it's way more than a. It's over. It's over. It's about uh, a little over 0.1. Like, that's over 0.1. 0.1. Yeah, the, yeah, a knock pacer. So a knock pacer is above a Zabo Genesis. That's like, that should never be the case. So, yeah. So a knock pacer is like 0.125, it looks like, is what the floor would right. be. Yeah. And a Zabo. Uh, Genesis is 0.106, but I think that's, that's mine's mine's a little mine's a little bit off uh, because it what didn't didn't the little chart that I made it wasn't perfect for what they ended up introducing. It was close, but it wasn't perfect because I think Zabo I think oh, Zabo right. Legendary right Zabo Legendary is like 0.0 or it's 0.099, and my that's chart Genesis has Zabo. So Genesis Zabo is 0.099. Are you sure? Yeah. I've been, okay. I've been, hitting, and, a, I've been hitting a lot. Yeah. Okay. And, and my, my Zabo, when, on my little chart that I made, when, when, I, when I submitted that to Zed, when I was, had some complaints about the breeding changes and things, I had 0.106 was what I projected. So I, I was a little bit high. But they're, um, and then their legendaries are, I think, 0.0905 or something, but they don't go down enough. Like I'm looking at a cross right here and it's, 330 yeah there's a, there's it looks like there's there's going to be like at least a 0.03 gap between or a 0.02 or a, to a 0.03 gap between the pacer and the next level down yeah and it's, and it's not enough like they should be cross they should be crossing over like almost like yeah. stair stepping you know like a legendary i could see a legendary knock floor being above the zabo genesis but the exclusive knock should be below a, a zabo genesis Yep. That's, what I, that's what I just said, and you disagreed with me. <laughs> no, I didn't disagree with you. I did agree with you. I said they were not. You said a pacer was down by a finny, and I disagreed with you. A knock. Yeah. You said a knock pacer was Dude. by a finny. I said there's no well, chance. You we'll can run it back. You can run it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's pivot from Zed for a second. Uh, we'll still stick with NFTs. Um, this they're past weekend, Nef- they're... Nefties. Nefties, okay. <laughs> Um, because this one's fatigue flame and nefties. This past weekend, uh, we got a panicked call from Chris uh that was full of adrenaline and you could barely make out what he was saying. Fucking pumped up. <laughs> yeah, jacked up Chris <laughs> that we have to get on to the mutant apes uh drop immediately. It was kind of a, a very, very slow Dutch auction that uh sold out in about 10 or 15 minutes but uh that was the most uh excited and and pumped up that chris has been in quite some time here 
And, uh, and we had some success mending some mutant apes. So we kind of aped in, in a, in a different context. Um, but, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the apes and, and kind of the cycle that we've seen with that. And can some of these other PFP type drops that we looked into, like Alka Bones that was supposed to be on Sunday that turned into a fucking ridiculous gas war and got like, wasn't paying three ETH and fucking gas for what I wanted. So, um, have those revealed by the way? Yeah. <laughs> no, last I checked, they had it. <laughs> um, no reveal. What a rug pull. I checked the other day. I, I don't know. I stopped checking. All right. But, so I was, I mean, none of us have any apes prior right. to the, the mutant apes, right? So I was just kind of in, in a Discord watching. I knew that they, they had their announcement. I was just curious more than anything. It was Saturday. I was at home and um, I was watching my two younger kids. And so I was just kind of hanging out. And I, I listened to a Twitter spaces talking about, okay, they're dropping the mutant serums. I saw the serums. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Just watching it a little bit. And then everybody's like, okay, yeah, let's just turn it off, shut it down for the night, you know? That's what they were saying. Like, all right, everybody's going to dinner. And then I was outside playing with the kids and I put on, popped in the Discord and saw like a, an alert. I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, like, and I read it real quick and people are like, they're minting apes. Uh, and I, so, you know, I, I ran inside, got on my computer because I, I pulled up my phone real quick and I could see it. But mobile obviously is not great. I was like, so I was scrambling. I didn't know how much time I had. Had a little more time than I thought. But called you guys, and uh, you guys were like, "What are you talking about? You're, you 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 don't know what's going on right now. Should we do this? I don't know. Should we? I don't know if we should or not. You know, you were you guys were half half in. Um, I had to push you over the edge a little bit. It was a steep hey, price. I mean, I'm not going to hey, lie. For a, a yeah. ten thousand PFP, the mint no, price was no, right around two point eight. So it's not like you're just throwing twenty pounds at this. Yeah. Well, I guess it was 10,000. 10 and 10. Cause it, but yeah. the other ones, I mean, non ape either way, it was like an entry level to ape. So we kind of were like, we minted a couple and watched it a little bit. And then uh, we like, you know, then I said, all right, let's do, let's, let's finish it up. So, so we got some of those pretty, pretty stoked on that. We got the mutant apes, um, one M2. And yeah. And then now, now it's like, what else, what else are we minting? So we, I know we covered it a little bit on a couple different podcasts with guests, but we have gotten into um, a handful of different NFTs. And uh, I'd say that our blocks are hot. Um, luckily, well, Crazy actually, go, actually going back to the, the apes, only reason we were able to get apes, which was the reason it was pretty crazy, was because nobody was paying attention. Nobody was listening. Stealth drop. Yeah, yeah, stealth drop. So nobody stealth had drop. loaded up any money. We luckily had just sold in our block. One that was all three we of reluctantly ours. sold in our block. Three, we we, we sadly sold in our block. It's sad that it sold, and then we're very happy that it sold. We're very happy that it sold. We had a, we had some ETH to buy, and, and and I couldn't even transfer. I tried to transfer ETH from my um from Your cold my wallet cold, my cold wallet over to to MetaMask, and it I wasn't getting gas the gas was crazy. So like I wasn't. I, don't, wasn't I mean, getting, I don't even think it was that crazy. I mean, it was. It, it wasn't was getting. Not, no, 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 no. Was it, a, it, it was a time. It wasn't, but for the for the tra- it wouldn't confirm because I yeah, the transfer I, I, the transfer I didn't set gas high enough. Yeah, and uh, it it wasn't because uh, the suggested gas from my cold wallet over to MetaMask was ridiculously high. 
So I already adjusted it down um, and it did eventually confirm, but it was after the damn, you know, it was just how much are you willing to pay to transfer ETH yeah. over? I'm, I mean, I think it's super interesting because it was a really good play by them to get like yeah. a lot of new, people in. To get the really holders, good distribution yeah. of wallets yeah. uh, and different people in I, that were not ape holders. So even, right. I mean, now there's like 50% of different owners. I do like it because there aren't people that are just like most people in the space, like in their MetaMask do not have a bunch of ETH just sitting there. I don't think no, like I don't they're, either. they're like me and they probably have it in their cold. If they have it, they have it in their cold storage or something like that. They just don't have, you know, unless we just like, we just sold a piece. So right. that's why we, it's not it on chain. Yeah. Most people, well, the, at least the whales, right. Who are going to buy a hundred of them. They don't have it sitting on chain. It's on, chain. it's on yeah. chain, but it's not, it's not ready to go. Um, Sorry, my terminology is poor, but fans right. will educate me. <laughs> you got, you got right. the chain part, it's, right? Yeah. You got the, it is on chain, but it's just not okay. ready. It's not it's just not there on open. It's not and super you know, accessible. For for the for the for or no, it's not there for the drop to connect, you know, connect because a lot of these you have to have a like a hot wallet to connect uh yeah. to connect to the to the drop. Right. Um so you imagine a land that isn't gonna work for this. So we've got a bad like taste in their mouth about it, but I, I think overall it probably is really good for the ape community. Get some more people in, more interest, build it up. They got another announcement coming. And I mean, we're excited to be in. And then, you know, the other NFTs the we're we're looking at them still on our blocks and going from there. Alka yeah, bones. Yeah, Alka bones. But I think on the apes, it was also interesting too, because yeah, it, it cost 2.8 to mint. But by the end of the weekend, by the end of uh, Sunday. The floor was right around eight, right? All the all the people in Europe and stuff were pissed that they didn't fucking get an opportunity, and the floor just skyrocketed. And then now it's it's come back down. But the part I know we text about this and we talk about it. I don't understand how somebody bought an ape at eight and then now have it listed at five point five at the new floor. Like, unless you're desperate to take that out, you need the liquidity. It who who fucking just sits and says. Hey, I'm cool so, pissing away 2.5 ETH on this. Well, so you're liquid enough to have what? Eight. Eight, to have eight ETH, which what is that now? Thirty thousand. Like, so you got thirty k. It doesn't matter. To, yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. But so you, yeah, that you're willing to 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 throw into a JPEG, and then you you only have like three days before you the the sky's falling and you've got to dump it like that's what i that's the part that that it's I worse than paper hands right well if it goes if it goes to zero if it goes to zero you have nothing i don't i don't know how, how you think it's going to zero at that point but i don't but is that i, don't the, know. I mean that's obviously go not to, the thought yeah the apes can't go to zero like i think that's that's they, the one thing is can, that's an, but it's not it three could. days yeah but it's an established brand it's an established pfp it's got loyal followers it's what arguably the second highest pfp out there behind the crypto punks so i don't know, you know these ether rocks you know they're selling for a lot so. it, it it could be one of those things that you know it could keep going right and and so you never know and the and the dogs they're sitting at like 340th right like so they they had a good airdrop like it's it's one of those established brands where i think if you have an opportunity to get into it get yeah. into it because it's it's going to go somewhere all the other ones that you're minting at point one who knows you know it's a flyer if they hit you're fucking happy if they don't what you know not everything's gonna be that 
But I mean, then again, I, like even pickles, right? We just <laughs> pickles. We wake up one morning and the pickle floor is 0.1. But yet, our why are you guys not no selling your pickles? Cold I sold my pickle. I sold my pickle. Okay, good. For uh, 10x. 0.01 I don't to 0.1. I, I should have listed my pickles when Jason listed his pickles. Um, but now it's the gas is so high. I think I'll list when, like, on a Sunday afternoon or something, when gas is a little, <laughs> more reasonable. Like, what well, am what, I, like I mean, now, now the floor's back to 0. 0.04. So, what am I going to yeah. do? List, list for it's really not much of anything. Yeah. I'm going to list for know. my gas cost. <laughs> it was 0. 0.025 gas to list. So, I list at point. I want to make 0. 0.01. And then I got to pay, then I got to pay Cold Ethereum 7.5% or whatever the hell. Oh, yeah, not much. Do so, just do it. Five percent, two percent, yeah, whatever. Well, I know there's a couple other things that we were looking at. Um, the NFT, NFTOs, and they uh, postponed their drop again, but we'll we'll be back on Tuesday for that. And yeah, then balls. I've been pumping the Pernelope's, so I don't know if you guys got any Pernelope's yet. The floor went up. You, we we each bought a Pernelope because of yeah. you, and the floor's gone up since we bought them. So strong too much. sleeper product slow slow pump it's not a it's not a uh not a ramp but they they have some good stuff with a with like a a uh, fund that's buying that includes buying floors like a liquidity pool that buys the cats which i think is pretty interesting and the guy's super sharp i was actually listening to him on a podcast earlier today carlini and he was talking about he's the number two nba top shot holder if you look at the charts but he's like, yeah, it's not really real. It's artificial because he said he has like 34 of some like holo, holo moment. And every, he asked everybody else to delist and he has one listed at a million bucks. So he said it registers <laughs> his account at 34 million because that's the floor for the, the holo that's moment. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, those but, are just, yeah. Yeah. So it, he was, I mean, he was laughing about it. He's more like, it's not. He's like, that's not real. I'm not really the second largest top chat holder. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's behind that project. They're buying with the fund. They're using, using the, the community bank, the kitty bank to buy quality projects. I like it. It's, a, it's kind of a, like I said, a sleeper. It's not something that you're just riding on the moon. But I think there's a lot of people that are just holding in that. Besides that, you know, my art blocks and seeing what else is coming for the, the upcoming weeks. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing now, like daily is looking at what drops are out there. There are so many. And is it oversaturated? Probably. Um, but you have to you have to know a little bit about the community to understand what each of these are and who the players are that are associated with each of these drops, right? Art blocks, you know, the artists, but in these PFP drops, who are the team that are behind them? And what other projects have they done? Is this their first project? Are they a pump and dump? Have they had a rug pull? Have they just had a failure? Whatever it is, you know, it, you got to do your homework a little bit. But, you know, it's it's nice to look at some of these things and see that they've already got a, a pop in Discord or a big Twitter following or whatever it is. And it gives you a little bit of faith and confidence in, in what they're doing. Um, but then, you know, it might be like an Al Cabone thing where then there's just too many fucking people for not enough to, to be dropped or minted. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, my new thing is waking up and instead of going and racing horses, it's now looking at the calendar for the day and seeing what I want to get into and do a little research and, uh, 
get excited about it. It does feel like a time to be like pretty, uh, have a lot of discretion about what you're, what you're minting. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I haven't been just crushing every mint either. So taking discretion in the mints, high quality stuff, like you said, look at what the deal is and, and see if there's people that are interested in it and if it's real. Yeah. So go for All the right. gas wars. Always go for yeah. the gas wars. Gas wars are good wars. unless it's fucking insane. Then uh, always go for the gas wars. I guess we may have to do a tutorial on the contract, yeah. minting Mint. from the contract. Mint in the contract. Thanks. Chris. Yes. You're welcome. And now I have too many loots in my wallet. So I don't know what to do with those. So if anybody wants loots, call me. Shouldn't say yeah, call slide. me. I DM me on Discord, I should say. Slide into the DMs. <laughs> slide into there the DMs go. for loot. I, I got way too many loots and I don't know what to do with them. There you go. The the tree ease. Um, with tree right. ease. Well, I think this is a, a, a good good time to call it quits here. Um, but you know, football season's right around the corner. We talked about DFS. We still have our listener league on DraftKings. We'll probably fire that up weekly. It's like five bucks. We can just dick around and have fun. So send us a DM here on, on Twitter or uh, or just find us anywhere wherever you listen to us or find us. And uh, we'll invite you, get you in, and, and have fun with it. Hit us in the DGen uh, uh, Discord and the unrecruited podcast section. We can yeah, we'll post yes. it there. We can post yeah. it there, and you can go straight into, the, into DraftKings and sign up. Perfect, yeah. So cool. we'll- I think it'll be cool to get that that shit going a little more we probably should you know do like a 15 minute dfs little you know update each week even if it's not all three of us get, get yeah some content. and there will be i know the that network will be a good set for some collaboration on the dfs side too yeah yep. for sure so you can find us now on the dgen network uh and then as always you can find us on twitter at unrecruited pod and on instagram at unrecruited podcast uh, we probably should open a unrecruited Discord or something like that. But anyways, uh, or you can just always DM us or, or find us on our Discords. And yeah. uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll, 